going to bring some friends with me. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. He says, I'm going to bring some friends with me. So I said, oh, I'm going to bring whatever you want to bring. That's fine. He goes, mm -hmm. I didn't realize it was taking the whole damn cast of the film. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. Hey, Hello, everyone. Yeah, go big or go home. Right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yes. But, Brandon, why did you put the little short people in the back? You should bring them up to the front. <laughs> why do you think I'm up here in the front? <laughs> Absolutely. Good stuff. All right, you guys, um, I'm Angelo, also known as the Mad Dog. This is Amelia. She's the Hello. Pit Bull. Hello. Kind of like you, a small pound around here. We are, the, we are the Mad Dog and the Pit Bull. Um, we are going live now. Awesome. It's Thursday night and we are live. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Wrestling with the Future Radio Network. I am the Mad Dog, joined as I am each and every week by the Pitbull, Amelia Pitbull Chapman. And we are live nationwide and around the world. We've got one hell of a show tonight. Let me tell you that. Brandon Keaton is a friend of mine from, uh, from Facebook. I haven't known Brandon long. I said, listen, bud, why don't you come on the show and uh, we'll talk up this, uh, this new little film you have. Uh, he said, I'd love to come on and we'll we'll set a date right around the premiere uh, of the uh, the New York Independent Film Festival. I said, let's do it. I get a call from Brandon on Facebook today. He says, I'm going to take some friends with me. All right. We'll bring a couple of friends with you. Absolutely. He comes to the show tonight, folks. The entire cast of Turbo Cola is joining us. And we applaud Brandon for that. Yes. Absolutely. Hey. Absolutely. <laughs> how are you guys doing? How's everybody? Brandon, how are you, my brother? I'm doing all right. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. I saw the film last night. I saw the entire film. Um, great. It's a great film. It's a it's a sleeper film for sure, but it's making some waves and it's uh it's knocking on some doors, as I understand. Um, the film Turbo Cola. Um one critic described it as a cross between clerks and dazed and confused. Um, uh, and not, you know, not a bad comparison, actually. Uh, it is, um, an unusual film in that it's set back in 1999 at the, uh, the, the height of the millennium, the, the craziness of all that. If you're old enough to remember, you know, the world was supposed to end, uh, on New Year's Eve, 1999. Um, at least Austin Brooks thought so anyway, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Brandon, how did this film make its way to you, my friend? Um, I, I'm also an actor and I was in a play reading. Uh, this was originally a play, uh, written by a wonderful playwright, uh, Samantha Odie. And I, as we're reading the play, I, uh, I thought to myself, you know, this, this has got the bones to a good movie. Um, so I sent the script to Luke. Uh, he was the one director that I knew. <laughs> and, uh, and he said, yeah, this has got some good bones to it. We have, we have to change a couple things around, but, uh, yeah, I think we can film this. And, uh, a couple weeks later we, we were casting. Yeah. It's a remarkable story. My understanding based on the play, New Year's Eve at the stop and go. Uh, who in uh, in earnest? Who wrote the screenplay for it? Was Luke? I see you're right there in the center. Uh, did you uh, were you the the head writer on this project? 
also you directed, but we should tell people, Luke Cover is also the director of this amazing little film. Yes, yeah, so there were there were three writers. So Samantha is responsible for the entire screenplay, all the characters, most of the emotional arcs in the story. And then uh, she did a few drafts of this, this uh, screenplay for uh, the movie. And then we brought in myself and then another writer, Matthew Kiskis, uh, and I did the final sort of two drafts that were what became Turbo Cola, the movie. So I have to tell you that I, I love the, the names here. Um, Kiss, kiss, toy, and covert. Um, it's either a cheap law firm or, or great porno names. I'm trying to figure out. Yeah. Or both. Or both. It works for me, brother. I love the name. I watched, again, I say, I watched the film last night for the second time. Um, it's really a different kind of movie, largely because you make great use of the music of the time who did the film score we uh we used the soundtrack uh, of this band called arlen gun club and they're an awesome sort of grungy punk rock angsty kind of current modern band that actually wrote us a song and then we used you know six or seven other songs of theirs um and then the the rest of the music the kind of score music was done by a philadelphia musician friend of mine named paul talos and he did this kind of you know, bleep, blue, trip, hop, dust right. brothers thing that would sound like a, like Fight Club or the Social Network or something like that. It. I. I tell you what. I was incredibly impressed with the with the music score. Um, they 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 captured the spirit of the times. Again, this is the film takes place in 1999, uh, right at the height of all the uh, the, the Y2K craze. Um. Up on the screen, you'll see the uh, the cast members. And I see a couple of those familiar faces uh, on camera with me. Nick Stoser, you are uh, you are you uh, you are the uh, the man of the hour. I understand. <laughs> so, um, the, your character uh, is Austin Brooks. Uh, get me inside the head. What is it? What is it? Austin Morris. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Brooks, Brooks. 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 Brooks is good. Doesn't change anything. Austin's the important part. We got that. Okay. Um, so, and then, then I, I hope I didn't butcher up the, your last name, Stoser, right? Is... You got it right first try. That's crazy. Okay, though. cool. Okay. I just, I don't want to screw it up. Um, Jared Spears, uh, uh, Jordan Denning, Landon Tavernier, Brooke Maroon, uh, Anthony. I'm going to screw this one up so bad, Anthony. Uh, uh, Notarelli, you're so close. Not Notarelli, Notarelli. Oh, there you go. Um, Aaron Nordseth, uh, Brandon Keaton, of course, Brandon, my buddy. Uh, Eric Neal and Michelle Hall. Special place in my heart for Michelle Hall because that's my sister's name. Um, so who do we have with us tonight? I said we were uh, six or seven of us, right, Brandon? Yeah, go ahead. Let's start with. The, the most important. We'll get the, okay, one of the, yeah, we'll start with you, Dennis. Okay. Uh, Dennis Thomas, I was the cinematographer, actually. Okay. I'm Jared Spears. I played Swearsky. Yes. Uh, an interesting character, to say the least. I uh, I grew up with a guy very much like Swearsky. <laughs> I, I, I grew up with a lot of them. Oh, we all know Swearsky. Yeah. His name was, uh, was Eddie Wallach, uh, and Eddie Wallach was... Yeah, Eddie Wallach was Swearsky, brother. He was incarnate Swearsky. This guy was stoner through and through. And if he's alive, he's still maybe. <laughs> um, the uh, the gentleman right directly behind you, Brandon, the one that your shoulder is covering up. Yes. W yeah, what is yeah. your name, young man? Um, Lance Tavernier. I played. Okay, Katie. you're the yeah. guy with the gun. Yeah. That's me. Yeah. the guy with the gun. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I want to make sure I know who everybody is here. And oh, the, the pretty young lady with the with the flowing locks behind behind Luke. Hey, um, I'm Brooke Maroon. I played Jennifer. Oh, you're Brooke. Yes. Oh, how you doing, Brooke? I'm doing so well. How are you doing? I tried to merge your name with Nick's. I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 Nick Maroon. 
<laughs> so for people who don't know, uh, the film is is based on uh, a stage play called A New Year's Eve at the at the uh, the Stop and Go, and it's an interesting characterization uh, in that everybody is kind of like making plans to go out on this New Year's Eve, except one kid who's got other plans. Um, he, he plans to do something special. I'm not going to give away the plot, but he's going to do something very special for himself on New Year's Eve. Um, talk to me about, uh, Nicholas, talk to me about, first of all, getting into the, the head of the times. It's 1999, and you're playing a character, I'm guessing, a lot younger than yourself. Uh, at the time, I was... <laughs> That's actually a great question. I've been saying that 19, 20. Yeah, 20. I was 21 at the time. Um, and uh, 1999 was the year I was born. Uh, so I, I vaguely remember. Uh, not actually. But uh, getting into it, uh, I mean, I, I talked a lot with just people. Like my cousin, uh, James, I talked to a lot because he was, you know, he grew up during that period of time. Learned a lot about the 90s from him. I remember actually talking to you the very first time that we hopped on a solo call. You honestly were telling me a bunch of different things about the 90s I was listening to and being like, okay, let's listen, let's take notes. Um, but also just, I mean, Luke, the script, there's so much different inspiration to take. Uh, it, was, it was pretty easy, honestly. Yeah. As far as this part. is um, uh, an interesting cast choice. Um, Luke, uh, did you have a... Uh, a say in uh, obviously you're the director. Did you did you have a a, a say in the uh, the casting in this film? Uh, and if so, how much? What were you looking for? Brandon and I did the casting together. Uh, Brandon, oh, okay. Yep. So so we put out a casting call online and got thirteen hundred submissions from people. Wow. So it was just blew us away um, because I didn't know if we could find actors who could who could do it. You know, I didn't yeah. know if they did in the project at this price range. You know, we didn't have a lot of money to pay everybody. Um, and so Brandon and I sat in his martial arts academy and watched on the TV, just tape after tape after tape after tape. And that was after brutally slicing through people's headshots, just making a split second decision of like, yes, no, you know? Yeah. Um, and so swipe left. Swipe left. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Brandon, do you like working under that kind of pressure? Uh, I'm used to it. Uh, I don't know whether or not I like it, right? But, but I'm used to it, and I handle it pretty decently, I guess. Yep. We and should tell people that uh, that Brandon's a former U.S. Marine, currently a martial arts instructor. He recently made a transition to acting, producing, and directing upon his discharge from the military. By the way, thank you for your service. Yes, uh, and thank I'm, you I'm so much for your service. For that. I'm, I'm also very grateful that you decided to explore the cinema because you've got some talent in the young man. You really do. Well, thank you for calling me young man. Right. Well, you're a hell of a lot younger than I am. <laughs> I shaved today, so I look a little younger than I normally do. So. Uh, yeah, I yeah, did. It, it, I, it, I shaved the beard off two days ago, bro. <laughs> two days ago. I feel naked yes. without it. Amelia Pitbull so. Chapman, yes. you yes. are up, young lady. Yes. Yes. And I was going to say also thank you again for your service, uh, Mr. Keaton. Hoorah, as they say, right? Hoorah. For the Marines, hoorah. Uh, I had a question for the actors. How many of you is the first time in front of the camera? Or As an actor? As an actor, uh-huh. It was, it was my first time in a feature film. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and what about you guys was... back there? Have you, have you done? I, I had done one feature film uh, prior and quite a few short films. Uh, okay. My, my first feature, I've done... Shorts and uh, background acting a few times, so been on an upset. Yeah. I actually have one film credit to my to my uh, to my name here. Mm -hmm. I did a walk on on Eddie and the Cruisers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I'm the only one that gets that reference. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have to be old enough. To, yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Eddie and the Cruisers. Um, so Amelia, go ahead. Yes. You're right. Uh, okay. Yes. Um, my question also is: um, Do you miss, uh, Mr. Sir? Uh, do you miss doing me? Excuse me. I can't even talk today. I've been just uh, today. It's been a long day for me. Do you miss doing martial arts? 
as well? Or do you go back to it? I, I know that you go back to it every now and then and teach as well. Do you uh, miss do that? Miss, the studio? Do I miss, do I miss mm -hmm. owning the school? Yes. Um, mm -hmm. I, yeah, I, I, I do. Um, I miss parts of it. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I still teach there on most Wednesdays, which mm -hmm. is nice. Um, but the day-to-day -day stuff, uh, it's nice to get away from the grind, so to speak. When you when you own a business, when you own a small business, you're married to that small business. You're, yes. You're, you're house, especially in the first five years. You're, you're oh, absolutely. You're married to it, and your wife becomes your mistress, and your house just becomes a place to sleep. So yes, let I me ask Mr. Let let me let me ask my friend Mr. Jared Spears, my new best friend Jared Spears. Oh, hey. <laughs> I have a kindred spirit with this young man. Um, was it a stretch for you to get into a head of a stoner? Uh, or did it come yes. naturally, Jared? <laughs> oh, you're making him. Uh, I've actually never partook, as they say. Um, I, but I grew up with so many people uh, like Swirsky. Um, everything besides him being a stoner is very much who I was growing up. Mm -hmm. um, and then anything more than that, I can shout. I like I. I knew a guy, uh, Stuart, Phil, Michael, like <laughs> so many guys just hanging out and just wreaking havoc. Uh, <laughs> great people, too many memories, and a lot of energy. Sounds like my high school days. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so when, when the project came to you guys, and anybody can jump in on this, when the project came to you, did you have any idea what Turbo Cola was? Ooh, it's kind of make believe. Well, it, it wasn't called Turbo Cola when I got it. Right? Oh, interesting. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was a working. Oh, well, we, you guys went through a name change. Oh, yeah. A couple of them. <laughs> like oh, well, really? Let's talk about that. Oh, uh, wow. Brandon uh, and Luke, let's talk about that. What, yeah. what the incarnations did you go through? So I'm going to pass it to Brooke because she actually called me one night after we were done filming. And I think all the actors were huddled around the phone. <laughs> I'm waiting to hear my response to what they said. Because the movie was originally going to be called New Year's Eve at the Stop and Go. And then oh. it was going to be called Quality Mart. And then it was going to be called Four or Five Other Things. Because uh, there was a, a, a trademark issue with Stop and yeah. Go being a real place. So we couldn't oh, use it. Yes. Oh, sure. We yeah. Thrust yeah. into the, the void of trying to figure out a new name. And one night I get a call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your turn. <laughs> over Zoom and we were in LA and they opened it up to us. And Luke was like, hey, if anyone has a name idea, lay it on us. And we were like, all right, we'll think about it. We'll think about it. And Landon and I went on a walk afterwards. We were just pitching names back and forth, pitching names. And then I was like, oh, let's just call it Turbo Cola. And then we laughed about it. Like, we were like, oh, that's a stupid <laughs> idea. And then after about five minutes, we were like, wait, actually, the Thanks. whole movie revolves around these sodas. So why would it not be named Turbo Cola? And we called Jordan. We were like, Jordan, what do you think? He's like, I dig it. And we hadn't really become friends with them yet, so we didn't include them on this. And then I was like, I'm going to call Luke right now. It was like 11 p.m. L.A. time. So that's, I mean. Yeah. Please. I got news for you, young lady. That that little walk and that laugh just made you guys probably ten, fifteen million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. 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 There's actually a little more, a little more to that because Luke then brought the title to me, and I hated it. Yeah. Really. <laughs> and then after talking with like six distributors, all of them were like, "No, you got to change that title." Got to change that title. You got to make yeah. it something short. And uh, at that point, I decided. I and I called Luke, and I was like, "All right, you know, bastard. All right, you win. Uh, <laughs> call it Turbo Cola." And then I called Sam, and I said, "Hey, we're gonna change the title." And uh, then I let everybody else know, you know, "Hey, all right, we're gonna change the title." Also, I, actually, I'm not sure I ever got the memo we were changing the title. I just felt like on set, all of us actors came together to, yeah. and just started calling it. <laughs> <laughs> Manifested. Yeah. Yeah. Manifested. 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 Manifested.
We shot the script quality mark. So the a big part a a big part of every film nowadays is merchandising. Uh, you have a, a rather interesting um, merch lineup. Um, T-shirts, cola bottles, um, movie art that's yes. available for sale. Um, let's talk. I guess whoever wants to handle this, maybe uh, Luke or Brandon. Um, the, the, um, the, the merchandising, you know, the, the cola bottle looked, you know, representative of uh, someone said, like maybe Coca-Cola. Mm-hmm. If I if I could compare it to something, right. um, how much difficulty did you have in trying to market uh, a cola bottle that didn't look like a Coke or a Pepsi? Well, that's actually a Luke question. I'll turn it over to Luke. <laughs> there you go. The one that got the bottle. <laughs> we uh... <laughs> sorry. The the soda thing was a uh, a whole long process because we needed a soda we could shoot close ups of without getting sued to death. Yeah. And so um, I named it Turbo Cola in the script. I just called it that. And I had worked with a graphic designer um, and she agreed to just make us a, a drink logo and a wrapper and everything. So she and I went back and forth. This is maybe a month and a half before we shot, two months before we shot the movie. And she and I went back and forth and I was sending people, you know, mock-up designs with different yeah. colors. People were like, that looks too much like Coke. That looks too much like this. I don't like the yellow, whatever yeah. it was. And um, eventually we landed on on this logo, Turbo Cola, and had it printed regionally and then uh, rewrapped it. It took a while to find the right bottle, too, because you can't use it. Well, I'll tell you what, Father. Exactly. It, it's, it's fucking brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. It's That's great. I, I love it. Yeah. By the way, uh, after this show... I have to rustle up some T-shirts for Amelia and I, so yes. be prepared to send some shirts out. Um, Absolutely, please. About uh, a character study. This film uh, is really an interesting character study in the mindset of the teenager and young adult of the time. Um, some of you are, uh, I'm, I'm guessing, younger than the parts that you played. Um, and then again, maybe a couple of you are, are older. I'm not real sure. It's hard to tell these days. Um, so talk to me about getting into the, the head of that era. That was a really strange time in, in U.S. history. And just to, to show you a couple of things here, this was craziness. Gas prices in 1999 were $1.17 gallons. Dollar eighty nine for super, just to show you, and and that was a lot of money back at that time. Little did people know we'd be spending seven eight dollars a gallon here in New Jersey for gasoline. But yes, um, how, and how much was the minimum wage? Like seven six dollars something like that back then. In ninety nine. Yeah. Or uh, maybe five and a quarter. Yeah, five and a quarter back then. That was the yeah, minimum maybe. wage. Mm-hmm. You you guys old enough to remember that time period? I mean, other than. Than Luke and Brandon? Uh, I knew exactly where I was in 1999. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I had small kids I was raising. <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. I was, right. I, was mm-hmm. um, I just watched my mom perform on stage, uh, one of her shows. Uh, and they actually had, uh, I remember it because we had a New Year's Eve party that night in the actual theater house, um, all celebrating into the new millennium. So I remember that night as like a big party going into the new millennium. But as a six-year-old, I had no concept or no idea of what yeah. Who's your mom? Uh, her name is Trish Tavernier. Uh, she was a stage actress uh, in Ohio uh, between the ages of, like, me being zero to eight years old. And then um, when I was in uh, – when I just graduated high school, we actually uh, both were in um, a play together. She actually came back to act for one last show at the very stage that I saw her perform on, and yeah. we got to – together so that's beautiful yeah that's beautiful. how many of you guys come from entertainment backgrounds <laughs> none of you really <laughs> none yeah. of you come from from wow. showbiz backgrounds that surprises me it really does it really really does it and in fact i'm kind of like um taken aback by this fact I mean, 
I, I was really annoying at family gatherings. Same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all my all mom's friends were saying, like, oh, I remember when you were this big and at a party, you'd say, want right. to see me dance? Want to see my show? And, like, that's all people remember of me. So... Awesome. <laughs> and, uh, now, how many of you of, of you young actors are um, are formally trained from, like you know, per, you know, I want to say maybe like the actor studio or uh, another a school like that? How many of you formally trained? All of you? Uh, I I've, I trained here in New York at the Neighborhood Playhouse, okay, uh, which is Meisner Studio, and then I, I studied at uh, Jeff Daniels Theater in, in Michigan. Um, and I got to do uh, some work with them. But as far as like getting a degree or like a diploma or a certificate of anything, uh, I don't think any of us. Interesting. How about you, Nick? Uh, I studied at the Actors Lab of Portland. Shout out to okay. Christina Todd and everyone there uh, from Portland, Oregon. And that, that was a massive education for me. It was a huge opportunity. Um, outside of that, I've worked at Stella Adler in New York. But no, yeah, oh, no. Of course. That's that's a name from the past. Stella Adler, legendary yeah. acting teacher. Uh, some really great teachers there. Shout out to Todd Thaler, um, Paul Takis, a couple other people there. Oh, I God. Appreciate. Did you ever train? Any of you guys ever um, uh, train under Larry Moss? No, I read his book. Yeah, Larry's a good guy. He's a really great guy. If you ever get a chance to take some classes with Larry, mm-hmm. do it. Do not pass up that opportunity. He's amazing. Great guy. Uh, and he'll be a guest on the show soon. Oh, um, great. Yeah, we've, um, we're branching out a little bit. Uh, it's cool. interesting. This show has morphed. I'm yes. just going to make you guys laugh for a little bit. My background, you're going to love this shit. My background is professional wrestling. Nice. Okay. I spent 29 years as a sound engineer. And I recorded bands, you know, nationally and locally. And I spent a good 25 of that 29 years as a professional wrestling promoter. I worked for companies like World Wrestling Federation and National Wrestling Alliance and and World Championship Wrestling. So that's my background. And there's a lot of similarity between what I did in wrestling and what my friends in film and, and theater are doing because it's essentially theater. So with that as the premise, how many of you have a theater or theatrical background that lend to your on-screen performance? Yeah, I, uh, I was a professional dancer, still am a professional dancer. So I grew up on stage with dance and I did plays as a kid and things like that. So definitely theater stage background in a lot of ways. Wow. Interesting stuff. Brandon, let's talk about this. Um, and I didn't give away too much I, I, at the beginning of the, of the show. Um, Turbo Cola is, uh, again, about uh, Nick's character, Austin. Uh, and Austin, as I said, he had different plans for his New Year's Eve. Without us tipping the hat too much or tipping the bit, um, talk to me about how difficult it was to have Austin... His character, the character of Austin, remain human and likable while he's pulling off this, let's be honest with this, underhanded bullshit. That is exactly why we cast Nick. Yeah. Uh, we came down, to, and I remember specifically, we came down to three. Are you trying to tell me, Brandon, that he's a sneaky bastard? <laughs> <laughs> He's likable. I'll, I'll say that. He's offset. Uh-oh. So we had it down to three, uh, Again, when, when Luke and I were casting, uh, we, we got it down to three people. And one was uh, sort of a studly kind of guy, you know, very macho kind of guy. And, and he seemed like the kind of guy that, yeah, you could see Mary Jane with. Uh, and then... <laughs> not that Austin said that. Then we had another character that we he wasn't very likable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He could pull off the role, but he wasn't a likable kind of person once you started to see him do some bad things. 
Uh, and then we were like, okay, I guess it's, I guess it's Nick. We, we still like him. That's a great segue. That, that's a really good segue. <laughs> That's a very a interesting. I had a horrible mustache today. It looked like I had leg hair growing on my face. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was like leg hair. Well, Brandon, Luke, that's a very interesting segue. Would it would it have worked if you had an actor that wasn't likable? Could you have made that work? Because sometimes it will it will add to the realism. Effect. I think they could have done a much better job. <laughs> <laughs> I think they missed it. I appreciate it. Now, uh, Nick, behind you, there's a young man that's been very quiet this evening. That's I'm going to get him to speak. I guess, it, what is that? Blue shirt? What is that? One? Mm-hmm. Yes, that's a blue. Yes. Uh, so you've been very ominously quiet back there. <laughs> I, have to get you to, I have to get you to speak. Now, I am... I'm praying that I did not screw up. You are a a male, right? You're you're a guy, right? Correct. Yes. Okay. Because yes. I don't know because you know my you look kind of look feminine over here, but it's all good. <laughs> um. So tell me about tell me about your role in the film. What was your character and uh, and and give me a little insight into who you are. So I have absolutely no business in front of a camera. Uh, I uh, am a cinematographer. So I was uh, responsible for, I suppose, the look of the film. Uh, I photographed the film. Gotcha. Okay. Oh, wow. All the camera work. You're the guy that's responsible. Let's talk to you, uh, cinematographer. Interesting. Okay. It had a very distinctive look. And in some parts of the film, and I encourage you to see it, the film is Turbo Cola. And it opens nationally uh, today, right? Uh, Tuesday. Yep. Tuesday. Okay. Okay. Uh, and you are the cinematographer, so let's talk about the look of the film. It was. I want to find out if I'm right about this, but my my inkling is that it was deliberately dark in specific parts of the film. Was I right about that? It looked like. It, it wasn't a lighting issue. It looked like it was purposely dark. Yeah. Can you we, tell me why you, you, you chose to darken certain scenes? Hmm. Uh, well, Luke and I had a lot of conversations about the like different kind, different films we were inspired by, uh, films from the 90s, modern films that were set in the 90s, trying to like think about what we wanted this to look like and how we wanted it to feel like what the mood was. Cause there's definitely some comedic moments. There's definitely some serious moments. Right. Um, and so trying to find that balance and a big part of it was the location that we ended up in, which was this fantastic, fantastic location. Yeah. But we were very limited by what that space looked like and what it felt like. And so, you know, there was films that we talked about that we were inspired by, films that we talked about that, like, we liked the look of. And then ultimately it came down to, like, while we were there, how do you take something that is, like, really kind of unpleasant overhead fluorescent lighting like you would find in a convenience store yeah, and make it look cinematic and make it look dramatic and make it shift with the tone of the film as it's as it's drifting in and out of like these comedic moments, these heist moments, these caper moments into like this serious, like sort of coming of age drama. Um, and you know, how do you make it feel cohesive and seamless? Not like it's jumping around and it's crazy. And there's like, you know, there's moments that are like, there's like a dream sequence that's supposed to feel different. It's supposed to kind of jump out at you. And so a lot of it was just like taking all of those things, like, you know, what we were working with, which, you know, admittedly was, was pretty limited. Um, There's one scene to me, and and Brandon and Luke, maybe if you want to take this one or, or whoever wants to take it, um, but I'll go to you guys first. There's one scene in the film that, at least for me, summarizes the entire movie. It's a scene where Nick's character, Austin, is looking at this darkened store. The lights are very, very low. The camera is over his shoulder. And it's almost that anticipatory feel of what's going to happen next. You know instinctively what's going to happen. 
but there's still a suspense element to that particular scene. You want to take that one, Luke? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think part of it is like you're not supposed to put a dream sequence in a movie anymore because it's very, very cliche and it should never be done. <laughs> and so, um, well, I, fuck I them, back, do it, brother. Right. <laughs> I went back and forth, back and forth on that a lot, and eventually um, felt like we kind of needed the break. You know, we needed to go yeah. straight, up, straight up metaphorical, embrace it, um, let Dennis flex a little bit with some really, really awesome lighting. And break and just break the tone of the movie. And, and I also wanted to kind of make people question, you know, the Y2K thing. Like, is everything yeah. about to go down? And and then you tell them, oh, it's a dream sequence. Everything is fine, but it's really not fine. Yeah. It's just not fine dramatically later. You know, it's not mm -hmm. that we're going to go to an alien sci-fi movie. But I did kind of want to make people feel that, you know, um, for a second. And, and so that scene, you know, we look over his shoulder and he sees the ATM. And it, you hear the sound of it. And the sound is of a printer printing money. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. like really in there. And, and well, the whole Y2K thing came to a crashing halt at the uh, at the shot of a gun. So um, I want to yeah. get into the, the, the uh, young man behind you there, Luke. Um, your character, young man. Um, Here. Yeah. Hi. Yep. The guy with the gun. Uh, <laughs> your your character is pivotal. Uh, he's a kind of a loose cannon. Um, you don't know whether he's unstable, whether this is an act that he's putting on. Um, for you, taking on a character like this, um, were you aware of that, the, of the deliberateness of his mental state? Yeah, I would say that me as, a, as Landon was. I, I kind of went into it with um, an idea that Jimmy's all talk um, throughout the whole film uh, and, and the moments that you don't get those all talk moments a little deeper, a little bit more grounded with that character is when he's only with Austin alone. And so I kind of took the one scene where him and Austin are sharing a cigarette by the ice machine outside. It's just them two. That to me is um, kind of the whole book or the whole chapter of what Jimmy is about. It's just about Austin and his friendship and he doesn't want to see his friend leaving behind. That's the human part of it to me. The rest of it is in front of all the other characters, you know? Um, and so I think that's when he puts on a show. By the time the gun goes off, you see that show kind of, the curtains kind of drop and you really see who yeah. Jimmy is underneath. And that's why we kind of um, wanted to put it more in a direction towards the end of really he's just scared. Um, and and he, he's, a, he's a barking dog, you know? When he it's the end, you just, you just put your finger on it. It yep. was when the gun goes off yep. that you see his vulnerability. You see him yeah. for who he is. Yes. That's, that was fucking brilliant. That was beautiful. <laughs> I loved wow. that scene. And in the process, you screwed up Mr. Morris's plans. You know, yes. to have what, you're shaking your head, Nick. Talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> I still think there's a different ending to this. You know, in my head, right there, I think things will go different every time, but it never does. <laughs> right? but, he, but here's the thing, though. You know, you're, the, the premise is that you're, you know, Y2K is going to hit. You're hoping all the computers and all the electronics are going to you know, piss out somewhere. And you're just going to take this money and, and make a book for it. Right? Okay, bye-bye. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and never to be seen from again. Yeah. But that plan was interrupted with a bullet. It, you know, he shortcuts the ATM machine, you know, short circuits the ATM machine. Yes, it does. There's, you know, <laughs> money everywhere in different, uh, different shapes and, uh, and um, situations. I don't want to give too much away because it's fucking hilarious. Um, and some of it's very poignant, but I, I laughed a lot. I will tell you that. <laughs> I laughed a lot. And I sat there for a moment and went, oh, shit. I didn't expect that to happen. And it's one of those movies that will do that for you. If you're looking for a movie that'll make you laugh, make you think. Mm -hmm. Not too hard, though. It'll make you react. And that's what movies don't do anymore. They don't make you react. And yeah. that's right. what I did last night in front of my television. I reacted. I went, these fucking kids are good. 
Yes. <laughs> really good. I, yeah, I did too. I, I actually said that. These fucking yeah. kids are good. Yeah. You know? And there was a part of it that brought me back to my high school days was uh, when all the pencils were in the ceiling. And I was like, that reminded me back of my high school days. Whose idea yeah. was to do that in the film, part of the film to do that? Because that was so brilliant to me because that brought that me back to my high school high days. School cafeteria in, yeah. in the entire and that country. was a classroom for me in my English class because nobody that liked that English deal. teacher in senior year. <laughs> so we all did that. Whose idea was to put that in the film? So Sam wrote the play and then I rewrote it. <laughs> Matthew Kiskis, that was his idea. That was, that was brilliant. He even got the, the piece of uh, drop ceiling and stuck the pens in it. <laughs> oh, we just did like that. It was easier. It was fun. Yeah, that was so much fun because it brought me back to my high school days. And said, oh, I remember doing that to the teacher we didn't like. So here's one for you in the beginning of the year. And here's two more for the end of the year because we didn't care because we were graduating anyway. She couldn't take our diploma away. <laughs> And by the end of the year, pretty much the whole ceiling was, and she didn't care. So yeah, but I'm gonna go around the horn on this one because uh -huh. this is kind of a fun thing I like to do when I have a group. Um, mm -hmm. Every actor is inspired by or um, uh, wants to emulate their hero. I find it all the time when I interview actors and actresses, and we do quite a few on the show. Yes. So I'm going to start with uh, Nick since you're front and center, um, and then we'll go around the horn. Who inspired you to become an actor? I mean, honestly, I, I took an acting one class my second semester of my senior year in high school, and I'd always been terrified of putting myself out there and trying to be an actor. Um, and I quickly found that I loved it, and the teacher uh, gave me the feedback that I should, I should give it a shot, wasn't ready to go to school. I, I don't know if there was necessarily an actor who inspired me as much as I wanted to take the leap and try it myself. And that being said, I'm going to steal yours. I already know Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke has always been <laughs> like one of my favorites. Him. Uh, um, I'm, oh, see, now I'm mature. Yeah, I wasn't going to say. <laughs> he's, a, he's a bigger Ethan Hawke fan than I am. I've, I've got other uh, <laughs> uh I mean, so many actors. I, I, can't, I, I can't name one who I'm like. Okay. Mr. Bale. Spears, how about you, young man? <laughs> uh, I actually... Um, I got my degree similar to you in uh, sound design and sound music production. Uh, so I found film through Foley and that side of things. Uh, Foley performance is what I wanted to do in film. Uh, it was sound design, but there was a performance aspect to it, and that led me to that um, uh, and inspired me to work in films to begin with. But if I had to go way back the actor that I've emulated my whole life, backyard, anywhere, uh, was Harrison Ford. Mm -hmm. Indiana yeah. Jones was, and to this day is, like my absolute zero. Jared, hold up for just a second, my friend. I'm up on a hard commercial break. We will be right back after this. Do you have sweaty balls or volleyball netty balls? It's time to make them ready balls. TheManscape.com Lawnmower 3.0 will do the job and clean your knob with its patented no-nick head so your head will function as desired. Enter promo code WrestlingFuture for a generous 20% discount. That's enter WrestlingFuture for a 20% discount. Manscaped.com and Wrestling with the Future going balls to the walls with Manscaped.com and the Lawnmower 3.0 your balls will thank you. And so will we. We are back. And that's our friends at Manscaped.com. And a wrestling future for a 20% discount. Your balls will thank you. And so will we. Okay. So, Brooke Maroon, you are up to bat. Right yeah. after a commercial for a male shaving grooming kit. Yeah. <laughs> Our friends uh -huh. at Manscaped. So how did you get started? This is a tough question um, when it comes down to like heroes, but I feel like my whole life, again, with dance and performance, I was just surrounded by performing and storytelling my whole life. And my, my mom and my stepdad actually owned a movie store that I worked at in middle school. So like DVD is kind of like a local blockbuster type thing. So I was surrounded by films, 
but didn't put the pieces together fully. And, um, and then I just realized with dance, I had to ask myself what I loved about it. And it was storytelling and that led me to acting. So I don't have a person or like a celebrity or someone that I fully look up to that I want to emulate their career. There's a lot of people that I like what they do. Um, but I'm most inspired by my friends and the people I'm surrounded with acting. They, they definitely push me for this. Beautiful. And uh, young man, how did you start? So, Who inspired you? Um, I guess kind of like Brooke, it was more of the surrounding that I was in than a particular person. Um, growing up, obviously, you know, with my mom being a stage actress, watching that, I think it was kind of a subconscious thing. Um, and her showing me like all of like the classic 80s films growing up, you know. Um, and so I was immediately hooked on films ever since, you know, I was a kid. And, you know, that was like our, our nighttime kind of ritual. Um, so I think it was just more of the environment that I was surrounded by. With that said, I think every year or every couple years or every new piece of art that I see, I'm inspired by different people and I continue to get inspired. So whoever inspired me like yeah. five years ago, maybe someone else now. Um, I remember right when I was taking acting seriously, though, I did see Bradley Cooper uh, do a movie called Words um, with Dennis Quaid. And his performance in that film really like shook me and I could see like a, a male energy get really vulnerable. And there was something about that that really spoke to me that I was yeah. like, ah, I want to do that. You know, I, I want to be, um, be vulnerable and express myself in this kind of a way. And for me, I think it was a vessel of acting because of the surroundings of growing up. Well, I'll tell you what, you guys got a hell of a career in front of you. Um, yes. But if this is the tip of the iceberg, then you got a long way to go and a lot of and a lot of work ahead of you. But it will be well worth it. I assure you it will be well worth it. Take it from somebody that will be 64 shortly. And I will tell you that uh, if you want to reach your dreams, they are just as far as your hand wants to go. Um, you have you have all of you have careers ahead of you. Um, yes. Remarkable careers. Brandon, uh, you have a background in the military and martial arts. Of all the things you could have done, you could have went anywhere you want, did anything you want to do. Why did you choose the uh, the film industry? Um, that I have to thank the Marine Corps for making me a workaholic. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I am not a good retired person. Uh, I hear you. I... I uh, after the Marine Corps, I knew that I couldn't necessarily work for somebody else, so to speak, and, and you know, in an office. And, and even though I tried, uh, it just didn't it didn't fit me anymore. Um, and uh, I knew I needed to be my own boss. I did that for a while. And then after I had sold the school, I was like, you know, I, I think I think I want to do something else. What else is really hard to get into, especially at 48 years old? And, uh, oh, yeah, I know. I'll go be an actor and a producer. Absolutely. <laughs> I could have got you into pro wrestling, babe. Right? There you go. <laughs> Weren't you a boxer at one time as well? It is uh, Amelia's favorite time of the show. This is where we get to, to play. We're going to show the uh, trailer. Let's, uh, mm -hmm. let's all take a look at the trailer. Yes. That must have been like seeing the face of God. right in front of me. All the money in the ATM. Rondo's kid is sick. Why he's working? I don't really have a choice. The biggest party in the history of this shitty town versus an extra two dollars an hour. Hey, two dollars adds up over time. So at the end of the night, we walk out the goddamn front door. Seventy to eighty thousand dollars cold hard cash in a pop display. That's what I'm talking about. Yo, check this out. Where the fuck did you get a gun? Jimmy, put it away. There's it's customers the end of all the around. They can show up anytime. I don't need protection at the gas station. God damn it! Hey, whoa! whoa. Jeez. You think U.S. Gateway may be Y2K compliant? Well, what about the airlines? 
You ever think about that? Officially, nothing's like, going on. Oh, you think I'm stupid? Hey! Where's he? There's a lot of stuff stuck up there. So, with four cameras, they've got it all covered. When they review the tapes, and they will review those tapes, there's gonna be plenty to see. Shit, <laughs> Nothing. It's gonna be total anarchy. It's gonna be fucking awesome. I'm gonna call an ambulance. No, no, no. What? Not by the high school. What? He oh. needs water. I'll get him a turbo cooler. That's a really good idea. What are you talking about? Long night. I'm fine. There you go. That was hey. the trailer for <laughs> By the way, tell Mama Morris Big Daddy's got room at the crib. <laughs> I'll, I'll be sure to pass the word on. <laughs> who is who is that actress? By the way, I didn't catch her name. I'm pretty sure Brando's already trying to get on that right now. <laughs> <laughs> In the movie, in the movie, in the movie. <laughs> well, Brandon, let's take a look at the, let's take a look at your, your scene here. We're going to take a look at Brandon Keaton's scene right now. Hey, do you know my mom? Excuse me? She's five five blonde woman. Uh, supposedly hot. Mindy Clearball? Morris, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> Course. I know, man. How is she? She's good. Hola. <laughs> Gonna win big there? What? Under the bottle cap. I want a hat last week. Yeah, me too. I, I just haven't received it yet. Well, your odds look pretty good. That's uh, it's a lot of pop. Yeah, it's for the uh, party at the Pollock Shelter. I mean, uh, really small, just a few friends, only, only sodas. You should come by. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. Say hi to your mom for me. Beautiful. <laughs> that was a very convincing portrayal of a police officer, Mr. Keaton. I uh, very rarely, and I, I, I don't know if I've told the cast this. I told Luke. Um, I, I, you know, I'm a martial arts instructor. I boxed for 18 years in the freaking Marine Corps. <laughs> I've blown a lot of shit up. I'm, you know, done a lot of high, high octane shit, but I was actually absolutely <laughs> petrified to share a scene with these guys because they were so good. I was intimidated for the first time in a very long time. Uh, so now you know. <laughs> well, let's, can we, uh, let's explore that for let's explore that for a minute. Uh, is, it, is it difficult for you naturally to do something out of your element or out of your comfort zone? I, I is that think, hard for you? No, because every two or three years in the service, you're moving and you're doing other things. You're doing something right. completely different than what you were doing before. And I think that's one of the things that led me to acting and producing is. You know, when you own a business, you're basically a small business anyway. You're basically there the entire time, and nothing really, nothing really changes so 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 much. And I had grown used to, you know, every two or three years doing something completely different. And uh, I think that's one of the reasons why I I chose to to get into film and television. Well, I'll tell you what, I am, uh, on behalf of the cinema-going public, I thank you for making this career path. It's amazing. Um, but, oh, we, who do we have? We have, actually, in our chat room tonight, which I did not open up, in our chat room tonight, Stephen Plim uh, is in our chat room. You don't guys don't know who Stephen Plim is. Uh, he is an entertainment manager and agent. Uh, and his famous client was Tiny Tim, among other people. Nice. Tiny Tim, Jerry Mathers, Adam West, and Joe Fraser. How would you like that for a lineup? Adam West. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This guy had some heavy hitters, literally. Yes. Hitters. Um, 
Brandon, Luke, what's next for you guys as we wrap this up? Promote yourself, uh, promote Turbo Cola, and then we'll go around the horn and see what everybody else is up to. Uh, well, we're, we're, like I said, we're, we're released on Tuesday as of last Tuesday, this past Tuesday, we're released on all digital platforms, wherever you go to rent a movie. So, uh, Apple TV, iTunes, Dish Network, Fios, uh, On Demand, Amazon, Amazon Vudu, Google Play, uh, yeah, order us. Yeah, absolutely. You're, you're I on my list. Amazon the other night, and it was amazing. And you guys, if you have Amazon Prime, yes. get it, get it now. Yes. Luke, what's next on my list. From Luke Covert. By the way, I love the name Covert Films. This is fucking great. Oh, thank you, thank you. I didn't know uncle growing up who convinced me to use the name. He was like, "Dude, it's built in." Mm -hmm. Literally exactly. bought me the domain, domain right in front of me. So uh, yeah, man, I mean, I, there's like three different scripts that are that are in the works and you know, like a, a horror one, an action adventure one, and then a comedy one. And, and right now it's just seeing who well, wants if to you have any, uh, crazy if enough you have, to find another movie. If you have a need for a mafia type, I'm your guy. <laughs> Thank you. I'm the guy. Give your call. Nick. All right. And we'll talk up, numbers. What's up next for Nicholas? <laughs> We'll see what happens. Uh, we don't really. I'm not predicting. <laughs> I'm predicting <laughs> summer. Uh, okay. Look out for that, and whatever's next is next. We'll see what happens. Okay, my cinematographer friend, where are you going next? Yeah, uh, I, I a couple of things. I'm working on a feature right now. I'm working on uh, a TV series in India, which has been really exciting. Mm. Um, and uh, those are hopefully going to both be uh, for Netflix, and so hopefully that'll be out soon. Nice. Jared, my buddy Jared. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's up for you next, bud? Uh, I've got a couple of shorts coming out. I recently finished filming uh, my own personal uh, solo project uh, called Interment. Uh, kind of an emotional horror story that I came up with mm. during the pandemic. I'm the sole credit, so writer, director, actor. I learned camera work, cinematography. I'm currently learning editing, so I'm not sure when I'm going to finish it because that is way more complex than I could have imagined. So probably early next year that's going to come out. Um, and then uh, I've got a short film coming out in a couple months called Chicken Fingers, kind of a, uh, a very heartfelt comedy um, uh, coming out of uh, the UT Master's Thesis pro uh, program out in Austin. So. Brooke Maroon, young lady, what's your next movie? I have a couple features probably dropping later this year, but Landon and I are working on a project together that he wrote that I'm producing and uh, acting in as well. So, doing a lot. All right. And young man, where where are you uh, appearing next? Where can people see you? Uh, well, this movie, uh, Apple TV. Um, mm -hmm. Like Brooke said, um, I wrote a film last summer, and we've been working really hard at uh, getting it up off the ground. And um, we've been producing it and taking meetings with executive producers and um, with the help of Brandon as well. Um, so we're going to start production on that early September, I believe, uh, if everything goes according to plan. Um, but yeah, that's all we're working on right it's now. And uh, Prada, it's called Prada. The movie is called Prada. Yep. Um, There's a cool teaser out there if you want a Prada movie. Yeah. Yep. Go check it out. Random. Yep called uh, Proud of the Film on Instagram. You can check it out. Check out the trailer. Um, kind of where we're going with it. And Brandon Keaton, what's next for you, my friend? Uh, whatever Luke wants to do and whatever gets funded. There you go. <laughs> Absolutely. There you go. Well, I'll tell you what. I, it was an absolute blast to have the entire uh, of Turbo Cold with us tonight. Thank you again, Brandon Keaton. Yes. I owe you my right and left testicle for this interview. I appreciate you. I'll hook you up with some manscaped.com. <laughs> send me some manscaped stuff. I'll send you some turbo cola stuff. You got it. Absolutely. <laughs> um, on behalf of Luke Covert, Brandon Keaton, at Nick and Company, I am Mad Dog Discipio for Amelia Pitbull. Yes. Uh, Chapman, I almost forgot your last name. <laughs> I'm so intrigued so with uh, today. Tonight. 
We yeah. had a great time. We hey, did, sure guys. did. We'll see you next week. Be good to each other and say hi to mom. Bye, Nick. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye.